So when I am looking to engage in new and exciting ideas, and I am always looking to engage in new and exciting ideas, of late I have been going to a podcast called New Polity. A New Polity is run by some uh, professors out of Franciscan University in Steubenville, and they, they critique society. Now, this is not a new activity. When society has tensions, people ask, where are those tensions coming from? So, for example, when we had tensions particularly acute to capitalism in the late 1800s, Karl Marx critiqued capitalism, and that's where he came up with communism. Communism is a critique of the tensions inherent to capitalism. Well, today we are feeling tensions in democracy. We are feeling tensions in every liberal democracy in the world. And so these professors out of Steubenville are asking, what's the source of these tensions? But they're doing it from a Catholic perspective. They're asking, is there something about the foundation of our society that doesn't align with Christ or doesn't align with the faith? Because if something did align with Christ or the faith, there wouldn't be tension, right? If we lived our lives perfectly in accord with Christ and perfectly in accord with the faith and the principles of the faith, well, then we would have a society that's just. We would have a society that works perfectly. Attention generally reveals something about something that we're doing that doesn't align with the will or plan of God. So there's got to be something in our democracy that isn't working because it's not aligned with Christ. Well, what these guys are critiquing, they're critiquing something called liberalism. Liberalism has nothing to do with Democrats and Republicans. It has everything to do with the Enlightenment. There was a, a series of ideas that we might trace back particularly to John Stuart Mill in his book on liberty, but there's a series of ideas that talk about like a, what a free society looks like, and they try to build up that idea of a free, a free society. So we live in a liberal democracy, not because we're progressive, but because it's kind of this, this idea of an open and free democracy. Well, these guys point out that one of the foundations of liberalism is the Lockean idea, if you can think back to civics class and learning about John Locke, the Lockean idea that we all enter the world as distinct individuals. John Locke said that society came about because we just existed as an individual with all of our inherent rights already part of us, and we freely chose to enter into a society. We said in order to have protection or the proper distribution of labor or whatever principle you want, we somehow said, okay, I as an individual am freely choosing to enter into this society. And that's a foundational idea of our society today. When we talk about individual rights, as we do all the time in our democracy, that's based on the idea that I am an individual, and I have these individual rights. And when I freely choose to enter into a societal contract, I am not choosing to get rid of these rights. Or if I do, I am the one who chose to get rid of these rights. I chose this responsibility or this relationship, and I have the ability then to remove myself from this responsibility or this relationship. Well, these new polity guys, they pointed out something that 
I just can't stop thinking about. They did a podcast on abortion, and they said, why is abortion always going to be part of society? Even if we outlaw it, why is it always going to be part of our society? And the conclusion they came to is because in order to maintain this idea that we have absolute individual rights, we cannot have any obligations that are not freely chosen. We can't have any obligations that are not freely chosen. Well, what is the primary, the first relationship that we all have as individuals? The primary first relationship, and every relationship comes with a responsibility. What is the relationship that we don't choose? We don't choose the family. Each and every one of us is born into a family. And when a family receives a child, they haven't, I mean, with birth control and everything, maybe you can say they did choose the child, but they have a responsibility that is not optional anymore, right? The care of a child is not an optional thing. Children can't take care of themselves, and somebody has to take care of that child, and that obligation falls first and foremost to their family. Now, from time to time, a family might say, for the sake of the child, we're going to give the child up to adoption. That's wonderful. But that obligation remains. Somebody has to take care of that child, and the responsibility falls to the family. And so if our society is going to have as a foundational idea that I am a distinct individual, apart from all individuals, that every relationship I enter into is completely voluntary, then we have to be able to destroy that first and primary responsibility. We have to be able to destroy the family at its source and its origin. Without that, liberal democracy can't exist. So what's the church doing with the Feast of the Holy Family? We're saying that that foundational idea, that we are distinct individuals, that every relationship we enter into is voluntary, it's a choice, it's optional, the church is saying, this is absolutely incorrect. We exist, first and foremost, in relationship. We are born into relationship. Our existence comes from relationship. And God himself modeled this in the incarnation. Jesus relied on his mother for his humanity. He relied on her for food and shelter and warmth. After he was born, he relied on his foster father for protection. Joseph was the one who had to lead his family into a new country, to go into Egypt just to protect this child. We are born into relationship. We should not be surprised that we have incredible struggles in our society today when we lean into this idea that we are individuals rather than we are born into relationship. Why do we think we have such trouble with teenagers? Teenagers have not always been problematic. They've always been zealous. They've always been passionate. But when we emphasize to people that your first and primary identity is as a distinct individual, well, of course they're trying to escape the responsibilities and relationship to family as soon as they can. Of course they are. Why do we think we have such problems in our communities? Because we don't think in terms of relationships with those that we are surrounded by. 
the destruction of the family in all ways is the destruction of the idea that I have a responsibility for my neighbor. I have a responsibility for my fellow human being. The reason the church has sold out, in the best sense of that word, has spent all of her political capital in the last 50 years fighting for family issues, be it no-fault divorce, birth control, abortion, marriage. The reason we do that, the reason we decided we would lose half of our people because they now disagree with the political stances the church has taken, is because the family is too important to sacrifice. The relationships that are inherent in family are the foundation of a healthy society. And anything that questions or destroys those relationships, anything that says we don't have a responsibility for those that we are born into, that's going to destroy our society. The church will always fight for the family, because without the family, there is no world. From high school onward, I've reflected a lot on the fourth commandment, honor thy father and mother. The commandments come in two sets. The first three have to do with God. Love God first, honor his name, honor the Sabbath day. And then the next seven have to do with our neighbor. And just like the commandments of God, they're ranked in order of importance. Right? You love God first, because otherwise the other two don't make sense. You honor his name, because otherwise what else are you going to honor? And then you honor the Sabbath day, because if you honor him and you honor his name, well then of course you will honor our desire to worship The other commandments go in an order, too. Respecting our father and mother comes before the commandment not to murder. When we think about the foundations of society, everyone, religious or not, will say, well, you know, if everybody went around murdering each other, of course we wouldn't have a good society. The logic of the Bible is such that not honoring our father and mother is more destructive to our love of neighbor. It is more destructive to society than going around murdering people because it destroys, ignoring our father and mother, not honoring them, destroys the binds that we have to our neighbor, to our family, the responsibilities we have to each other. Now, I hear confessions enough to know that families are very complicated. And so... I understand not all of us can have a good, healthy, conversant relationship with our families, with our fathers, our mothers, our siblings, even our children. I understand that. But, like the third commandment, honoring the Sabbath day, it can't be set aside. So when COVID happened, when snows happened, right, sometimes we can't honor the Sabbath day by coming to Mass. You here have, but many people cannot. And so we would say the commandment still has to be honored. You still have to honor the Sabbath day, even if it's at home. Similarly, honoring your father and mother. The practicalities of that may have to be set aside. Maybe we can't have a relationship because somebody is emotionally abusive or physically abusive. But we still have to find a way to honor that commandment. I would say the minimum is prayer. No matter who we have in our family, no matter how much they have hurt us, no matter how alienated we feel, we can and should always pray for them. Because the relationship we have with our parents, that community that we are born into, that is the foundation of every other good thing in our society. We have to find a way to honor that. 
We have to find a way to pray for our family, to ask God for the conversion or the healing or the health or the happiness of our families. It's so incredibly important that we do so. And then beyond that, we should ask questions about extended family. Not just our parents, but the church has always extended that commandment. Not in quite, quite exactly the right way, but always extended that commandment to the rest of our families. How do we treat our siblings? How do we treat our in-laws? How do we treat our cousins or our aunts or our uncles? Are we honoring them in some way, shape, or form? And then, there are other relationships we're born into. We're often born into geographical communities. There's a lot of movement today. We see a lot of sorting. Again, this is the problem. We're leaving behind these relationships that are not optional and saying, every relationship I have is optional. But we're born into communities where we have responsibilities for the people who live near us, who live next to us. We have a responsibility here for the city of Bellingham, for the neighborhoods that we live in for Whatcom County, for Washington State. If we live our lives like every relationship is optional, if we live our lives and we say, I am going to choose the relationships that I have, then we will always be tempted to only love and to serve those who love and serve us. And as the Lord says in the Gospels, what merit is there in that? Don't the evil ones do the same. Instead, if we realize we were born into a society, we are born into relationships that we don't choose, and we strive as best as we can, as Christians trying to follow the Lord, to respect these relationships that we did not choose, to love the people that we did not choose, to live as families, including as families that we did not choose that our hearts will be well-formed. We will be loving individuals. Sometimes we'll be loving individuals on the cross for our families. We'll be loving individuals. And from that respect for these relationships, there will radiate out a healing of our society, a society that says we only exist as individuals, everything we do is personal choice. We have to heal that. That healing starts in the family. The more you love your families, the more this world will be according to the justice of God.